Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Ellen Hazen is with us. She's the chief market strategist for FL Putnam Investment Management on the line from Massachusetts. Ellen, thanks for being with us. A lot of conversation today is focused on not only the Fed's stance on aggressive tightening, but the risk of a policy mistake. Do they go too far and really send this economy into the kind of recession that's going to be very difficult to to, uh, recover from? I don't think that they will. Uh, Inflation is red hot, and even though it has come off the boil a little bit from 9.1 down to 8.5 in the most recent reading, it's still much higher than it's been uh, in recent years. And the shortage in the labor market of enough workers, which you see by the lower participation rate, is going to mean that uh, goods and services are going to remain in scarce supply even uh, after energy comes down, um, and even after supply chains are unsnarled, there are just not enough people. And and when you combine that with the geopolitical tensions, inflation is likely to stay high, uh, or at least not come immediately down to the Fed's 2% target. And so they have no choice. Um, One thing I would like to highlight, though, you've seen, as as you mentioned earlier, uh, Chair Powell was very firm in saying that we're, we're going to keep rates high is almost like Draghi's whatever it takes, right, uh, as long as we need to. Um, but I, I really like Thomas Barkin's uh, speech from earlier in the month when he said, look, will it cause a recession? Maybe. Uh, nobody has canceled the business cycle. And I think that really distills how the Fed is looking at this. They have got to tame inflation, and it may cause a recession, but the costs of not doing so are far greater. Uh, yep, just, Ellen, you know, we got the jobs report, and of course, we've got CPI read coming up on the 13th. Uh, you know, they're both important, and inflation probably a little bit more so here. But, you know, what kind of signal would you get for the, for the Fed to actually just pause for a bit? Because ultimately, what they do doesn't feed through for quite a while. Uh, it's hard to say. I think that the Fed is chastened by their miss last year. And so they are going to err on the side of hawkishness, all else being equal. Um, I also heard one of the Fed officials recently say, we are data dependent, but not data point dependent. So I think that one data point is not going to change their minds. I think that they're going to look for the preponderance of evidence to be shifting towards significantly lower inflation. So even if we did get a weaker CPI print, I think that one data point alone would not cause the Fed to go on hold. Having said that, 
I'm not on the Fed. I'm not in those meetings, but that's my read of the situation. So when you look at market functioning, obviously a pullback in equities plays into what the Fed would like to see, right? Tighter financial conditions. That's a symptom along with dollar strength. But I'm more concerned to get your your view on the functioning in the credit markets right now and the way that you can read spreads and, and potential stresses that may be building. Yeah, very quickly, let's say 40 seconds or so. Are you seeing signs of, of any stress in the credit market? We're seeing spreads widen out a little bit, but I wouldn't say that there are signs of stress in the main credit markets. I would say that uh, the SPAC market, not that that's a credit market per se, but the idea that it's a bit more speculative um, and the private equity uh, market, those are, have, activity has dried up there. So you are seeing stresses in those pockets of the market, but not in the core credit uh, bond markets, not that we've seen. Uh, let's have a look at what you are at the moment uh, doing strategy-wise. How is that evolving given the macro backdrop? Given the strength of the U.S. dollar and the strength of the U.S. economy, certainly compared to some other economies, we have stayed focused on the U.S. Uh, I, we really don't see that changing between now and the end of the year. Uh, it looks as though Europe is uh, going to face potentially a very a very tough winter. Um, and so, so we're really focused on, on the U.S. We are uh, taking a close look at Mexico because the reshoring uh, could benefit companies mm. that are geographically adjacent to the U.S. like, like Mexico. Yeah, but a- even though the U.S. is slowing, we still think it's, it's the best place to be for, uh, for U.S. investors anyway. So do you want to stay focused more in the small and mid-cap space and avoid a lot of these multinational firms that may be exposed to the negative effect of that dollar strength that you just described? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Smaller companies tend to be more domestically focused, and so they don't face that currency headwind that large multinationals face. All right. Well, then let's get to uh, some of the industry groups you like and some of those uh, within those and the ones that you don't like. So, you know, the moment, what is your conviction in terms of what you would be buying or rotating into? Uh, The key things within the U.S. that we're rotating out of at the moment are primarily housing related. So companies like Sherwin-Williams or Home Depot, uh, companies that are consumer discretionary related. So we've seen the pretty poor results from Target and a number of the other big box retailers. Uh, and then companies that have really thin margins who are able, who are not able to pass along price increases. So uh, hospitals, uh, other other companies like that, um, are, are what we're rotating out of. And what we're lo- rotating into is uh, no surprise, cheap healthcare companies. A lot of the pharmaceutical companies are trading at high single digit or low double digit multiples. They look pretty uh, pretty attractive with their solid balance sheets and solid dividends. So Bristol Bristol Myers is one that we're uh, that we're currently active in, and then of course on the defense side, with the geopolitical tensions that we have seen rising uh, really since the beginning of this year, defense companies have done well, but we think that they can continue to to do well as we go forward. So pivoting away from those uh, interest rate sensitive and consumer sensitive areas, and more toward areas that are going to be more defensive, more durable within the large cap space, again, looking at, at, at healthcare and, and defense. And then on top of that, as you suggested, we're also, and we have been for some months now, rotating toward more small and mid cap companies because they don't face that uh, FX headwind. 
What about the, the technology space? We were talking earlier in uh, the program about uh, the cross currents happening right now in uh, semiconductors. We heard from Broadcom after the bell with a very strong sales forecast for the current quarter. But boy, not a great day if you were long NVIDIA. Uh, the company is being challenged right now with new rules uh, governing the export of uh, artificial intelligence chips to China. Are you interested in anything in technology, particularly the chips? Uh, I think you put it correctly. There are a lot of cross currents around the chips. Um, we, we do lean more positively toward the chips simply because they are essential for our world. And uh, a company like TSMC, even though uh, it is certainly subject to geopolitical tensions, is, is pretty inexpensive. It's under 15 times earnings and earnings are still growing pretty materially. They're still dominant market share. Um, we like NVIDIA a lot as a company, but the valuation is 40 times earnings. And so any kind of a hiccup, uh, you're going to see that stock be volatile, as you saw recently. So I, I think they have a really strong position, too, but valuation matters. And, and I think you need to be uh, careful and pick your spots uh, with semis. And there is, of course, the fear that Hock Tan addressed on the call, but I'm still not sure uh, everyone is going to be convinced that customers are merely piling up inventory and what looks to them like a very strong end demand is actually going to end up coming back to bite them. So we have to Ellen. watch that very closely as we go forward. Ellen Hazen, their chief market strategist at FL Putnam Investment Management, getting her take on the markets. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.